Welcome to another edition of the Bible in the News. This is John Billington with you this week. If you've been looking at the news at all this week, you will have seen the nations all coming together, the leaders of the nations, to Paris to remember and commemorate the end of the First World War, the war that was to end all wars. That spectacularly failed, we would obviously uh, see now. But at the time, it was a terrible, terrible war with Germany dominating Europe as it would do again in the Second World War. But we're going to look at these things in the light of Scripture, as it's Bible in the News. And so to do that, we're going to go to the seventh chapter of Daniel, the prophecy of Daniel. It's the chapter of the visions. You get the lion, the vision of the lion, the bear, the leopard, the various powers, until you get to the fourth beast, as we call it, the unnamed beast, And uh, it is the Roman power, as has been looked at many times in the Bible magazine. And we'll just point out this fourth beast that comes, this Roman power, it would last all the way down. Uh, It it starts the the fourth beast, the the vision starts there in verse 7. And notice at the end of verse 7 it has ten horns and iron teeth. The iron teeth are link it directly to um, the iron legs of chapter 2. But you get this uh, you get this beast, and it lasts, this beast would last all the way down uh, until, uh, verse 21, I beheld the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High, and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. And it uh, it carries on about this fourth beast, this fourth kingdom. Uh, it speaks great words against the Most High. It is against uh, it is against God and against His people because verse twenty one it uh, it made war with the saints. So this fourth beast makes war with the saints all the way down through history until it is destroyed by the Ancient of Days, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when we come to Revelation, Revelation picks up the story of the beasts as it goes through, and you get various phases, we call them in Revelation, of of this fourth beast. So the fourth beast doesn't carry on from the time of, uh, of Imperial Rome all the way down to our day in the same form. It obviously changes. You get Imperial Rome, you get Christian Rome, you get the Holy Roman Empire, you get all these various phases, as we would say, of the beast. And in fact, also you get the uh, you get the the beast um, in our day in in a completely different form, but coming together. And as we when you look to Daniel chapter two. You get the feet of the image are made of iron and clay. So there's, it's a, the iron is still there and the beast is still here today, but it is in a different phase, a different style. And the, if we come forward, let's go there to Revelation uh, 17. Revelation chapter 17. And you, get this uh, this beast, it says in verse 3, there's a scarlet uh, colored beast, it's full of names of blasphemy, 
Well, it would be because it has a great mouth that speaks great things. But it has seven heads and ten horns. There's those ten horns that are uh, characteristic from chapter 7 of Daniel. But it goes through, and look in verse 6, it says, And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And so this woman that rides the beast is also drunken with the blood of the saints. Well, the beast itself is guilty of the blood of the saints, as we saw in chapter 7. So there's all these links that come through, but it's, it's important to see it as a continuation of Daniel's fourth beast. But what's important is that in the last phase, it says, um, verse, well, we could go through all of it, but verse 12, the ten horns, or which are horns are um, powers, which thou sawest, are ten kings, or kingdoms, which have yet, uh, which have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they uh, that are with him are called and faith, chosen and faithful. So you have the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, and those that are with him called, chosen, and faithful. May we be, be among them. But this beast, in its last phase, has one mind. And all these powers, these horns, give their power unto the beast. It's sort of a strange, it is a strange situation in history that I think those looking forward to this time would have uh, had to imagine what it would be like when all these powers would give their, would give their sovereignty, would give their independence to the one, uh, the one beast. Now, it is an incredible thing that is happening in Europe today, where you have all these different countries and cultures with different languages, completely different peoples, all coming together as one Europe. And, of course, Europe itself uses the Tower of Babel as the symbol for itself. Even the Parliament buildings in Brussels are, are styled after the Tower of Babel when there was many languages, and they see it as a plus. And in fact, that's really, it's the spirit of the age. You know, here in Canada, they say, diversity is our strength. I mean, it, it, it's somewhat a bit ridiculous. I mean, the things that, you know, our differences make us stronger. Well, it sounds good, but in reality, um, it's like the feet of the image. There's the iron legs the strength of the iron legs, well, now it's mixed with clay, which is incredibly less uh, powerful and strong than what you have when you have one solid metal. metal. And so we have uh, all these powers coming together and giving their independence to uh, the beast system. Now, when we look at Great Britain, this is a side note, Great Britain is saying, you know what? No, we want our sovereignty. We want our independence. We want to be able to make our own laws. And they're pulling out. That's what Brexit is all about. As much as they're struggling to actually uh, get Brexit to mean Brexit. But it's important that they did come out. And if you've been following the Bible magazine, or many Bible students um, 
especially in the Christadelphian community, they've been looking for and calling for Britain to exit out of Europe for years. And so, of course, when Brexit happened, it, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a huge moment of, uh, of faith building because it's something that we have expected as a community for many, many years. But, of course, she doesn't fit in with Europe because Europe is all giving their power to the central system. Whereas Britain, in prophecy, falls under Tarshish in Ezekiel chapter 38. And Tarshish is against the northern powers, which the beast is, of course, a part of. So, even at, when we go back, Berlin Wall comes down 1989-90. Uh, Berlin Wall comes down, another huge moment because Bible students, again, especially in the Christadelphian community, were expecting the Berlin Wall to come down. Why? Because this system had to come together where they would all give, all these nations would give their power to the beast as one, uh, as, and become almost, as, as they even proudly want to become, the United States of Europe. But even once that wall came down, as important as that was, Europe has still stayed relatively friendly with United States and Britain. In fact, you can see it if you go to the uh, to the Gulf War, the first Gulf War especially, um, France would be fighting alongside Britain. And this is not the way we see it in Ezekiel 38. So there has been an expected, or we have been expecting, a separation further than just the Berlin Wall. The Berlin Wall was huge. It, was, uh, it laid the groundwork for Europe to come together. It was impossible to have this situation without it, or we should say with it, with the wall. The wall had to come down, but it had to separate, it has to separate even more. And it has to separate more even within its thinking, as you can see with Brexit. It's a different mindset of a nation that wants to hold on to its uh, governing power and, and uh, power to create its own laws, uh, to create its own trade deals, etc., versus Europe that's giving its power to the beast and becoming one mind. Well, what do we say about that? What do we say about that? Well, the incredible thing is that the Lord God rules in the kingdoms of men and gives it to whomsoever he will, we find in Daniel. And he gives it, he gives the power of the United States into the hands of Donald Trump, which many people were upset about. Regardless of what we feel and what we may look at on many levels, on this program we're looking at it from the Bible. And what matters from the Bible is what God is doing and how he is bringing the nations together, as he said he would. And it is amazing what one man is being able to accomplish. He is single-handedly bringing so many of the things we've expected to come to pass. Of course, on other of these programs, we've looked at uh, Trump in relation to uh, Jerusalem and to Israel. And those are monumental things that he's done. And more than anything, ensuring that Jerusalem is the burdensome stone. And ensuring that uh, Britain, or Britain, that... Um, Israel holds on to Jerusalem and I think even we'll see 
the mountains of Israel, the West Bank. Trump has been the first leader of uh, of the United States and really almost anywhere in the uh, in the world to not saddle himself to the two-state solution. So it's been incredible to watch. But here, uh, when we discuss Europe, Trump is almost single-handedly isolating Europe from the United States. Of course, it happened, but it started before he even came to power because he was calling NATO out for not coming to the table financially. He said they're freeloading off the United States, which I think probably to some degree is true. Um, they're not paying their share. The United States has to pay to um, to militarily support, defend all these nations. And uh, it's on the back of the United States, which, as he would say, the United States is broke and they don't have the money to to run around doing these things anymore. But this weekend, we've see it we've seen it really come uh, to the fore. Because well, I guess it's the I guess it really starts last week, um, and I think it actually started with uh, the German foreign minister. Um, his name is Hei. Uh, he- I'm, not, I'm not exactly how you how you say this, but Heiko uh, Maas M A A S Maas. Uh, he said on Wednesday, last Wednesday, that Europe must respond to U.S. President Donald Trump's America First agenda with an uh, agenda of tighter borders, protectionist economic policies, and unilateralist di- uh, diplomacy with Europe United. He is wanting to uh, stand up to, uh, to Donald Trump. But, you know, Macron went even further, the French president, because he comes out and he says, we have to protect ourselves with respect to China, Russia, and even the United States of America. So they're... And he then goes on to call for an EU army to protect themselves against, of all people, the United States. Donald Trump was, uh, I suppose you'd say, obviously uh, irritated by this. And he tweeted out as he landed in Paris. You may have seen it. He tweeted out uh, the following. He said, Uh, President Macron of France has just suggested that Europe build its own military in order to protect itself from the U.S., China, and Russia. Very insulting. But perhaps Europe should first pay its fair share of NATO, which the U.S. subsidizes greatly. Well, isn't that something? Because Trump is is just such a... uh, (laughs) He's such a bear. He does not hold back, and he says exactly what he thinks, whether it's politically correct or not. But this is only driving a wedge deeper and deeper between the United States and Europe, which is what we've expected. We've expected this and looked for it and waited for it, and in a way almost longed for it, because we know where this is all going, and it will be the Lord Jesus Christ back in the earth and bringing this power this northern confederacy of nations uh, to judgment for its for its treatment of the Jewish people, and so Macron said in a uh, in another interview, and this was reported on the BBC. He says, "Who is the main victim? Europe and its security. I want to build a real security dialogue with Russia, which is a country I respect, a European country." 
But we must have a Europe, a Europe that can defend itself on its own without relying only on the United States. Which really, in another way, is saying not relying on NATO. Either which way, NATO does not look like it's faring so well. Trump is saying, you know, NATO is not paying its fair share. And, and, and Europe is coming, at this point France, but Europe is behind France in many ways, uh, saying we would prefer to have our own army uh, than have the U.S. defend us. And of course, Vladimir Putin of Russia is more than happy for there to be a separation between Europe and, uh, and the United States. In fact, nothing could be could excite Putin more than than this separation coming because it will enable uh, Russia to be uh, much closer with Europe, and hopefully, in his world, he will become the power that protects Europe instead of the United States, which is exactly what we get out of Ezekiel chapter thirty-eight, when Gog is the um, is the protector. It's uh, Ezekiel chapter 38. Um, I'll just give you the exact words of it. It says, Be thou prepared, speaking to this northern alliance, specifically to Gog, the prince of Rosh. Um, Be thou prepared and prepare for thyself, thou and thy company and those that are assembled uh, unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. So Russia has, will be a guard unto them and is certainly looking for today uh, a way to step into that role. Politico ran a headline, Trump is driving Europe away, but to where? Well, we know where it's going to drive Europe, right into the hands of Russia. Um, a, a Time magazine, Macron seizes historical moment to redefine his presidency in opposition to Trump. Well, this is just it. That this separation that we've waited for is coming about. And it was today that Macron said, uh, and this is really a swipe at Trump because Trump has, has been out recently saying that he's a nationalist, which means he's putting America first. And Macron came out today and said, nationalism is a betrayal of patriotism by saying our interests first, who cares about the others? We erase what a nation holds dear. What gives it life, what gives it grace, and what is essential? Its moral values. So he's out now stumping and saying that to be patriotic is to not put one's nation first. Well, certainly that's what we would expect you to think in Europe because you're going to give your mind and your power to the beast. Your individual sovereignty of nations is certainly not going to be held onto. So what we are seeing in this development with Trump ultimately putting his foot down as far as NATO is concerned, but ultimately isolating Europe from the United States. And Trump barely hides his disdain for Europe on the best of days. But this last weekend has certainly shown the differences between the nations and the way in which they're going. But all this is according to the scriptures. All this is as exactly as we've waited for. And now, if we can just see Russia further come into the into the role of protecting Europe, we are going to be well onto the way to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of these things we've waited for, we, I'm young, but some of these things Bible believers have waited for, we could say for tens, hundreds, we could say almost thousands of years for these events and these prophecies to start to come together. So with that, we'll leave it there. 
Thanks for coming to the Bible in the News. Come again next week, uh, and you'll have another edition, all being well, God willing, if we're still here, uh, if the Lord has not called us away. Because these things, as we say, speak of only one thing, the return of Israel's king. Take care. <laughs>